Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, episode 3.5, Boxy Revisited. This week, we're going to take a little bit of time for a, three point, uh, for a .5 episode, and we're going to talk about Boxy. Some of you may recall... A few weeks ago, I did sort of an unsolicited rant on Boxy, talking about my uh, media center um, experience. Since that time, Sean has uh, sipped the Kool-Aid and right. uh, and moved into the same environment. And we were talking about our experiences with Boxy. And so we thought, if we're interested in it, maybe somebody else out there is interested in it. So if you have any interest in uh, building your own home theater PC... This is the episode for you. If not, skip it. We got a really cool one coming up next time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Next episode uh, as a teaser is going to be a really good one. Yeah, we're excited about that one. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're going to talk about Boxy. So just a little bit about Boxy. B O X E E. Um, the website is Boxy TV, and Boxy is your digital media center. Is really a good way to put it. Right. Yeah, it's the software that gets you there. And we've looked at, uh, I guess, different softwares along the the past few years that uh, try to do this, but uh, not nearly as user-friendly as Boxy is. Right. Uh, uh, Just to give you an idea of of what we're talking about, um, there are people in the world who um, are pretty geek-heavy. I know that's a surprise to the people listening to this podcast, but there are those people out there. And they want, at the center of their um, entertainment system, a computer. Not a DVD player, but a computer. And so uh, the boxy people out there um, got together, and and what we'll be talking about is the uh, pre-release beta community open source version. There is a commercial version to come. The boxy box, which will be a hardware device by D-Link, but uh, that's not available yet. And um, boxy is this really cool software based on the uh, XBMC project, which stands for Xbox Media Centers. Uh, the original Xbox, some guys figured out that if you took that and you hacked uh, software on it, you could create a nice media center device. And uh, so what boxy does is um, you can put all your DVDs on it. Um, TV episodes, uh, your your music files, uh, even pictures. It'll do slideshows. Any di- it, digital media. Right. Pretty yeah. much any digital media, and it puts it all together in one place. And it also has extensions for online media. It has, uh, uh, if you want to watch, say, Chuck, one of my favorite television shows, you go to the TV section, and you look in your library, and if you have any downloaded episodes of Chuck, it'll... Um, it'll um, have those there but if you don't you can go to the search type chuck in and it'll go find that chuck is both available on hulu and at the uh nbc website and you pick one and you're watching the latest episode of chuck very cool stuff yeah and uh i went one further and saw the netflix uh uh, tie-in that it has and it, it, they call them apps and i, I guess it is a, i think of it more of a like a plug-in but you activate the netflix plug-in and you a uh, couple of steps and uh, you're browsing the netflix library and it's all very nicely integrated I, it's, that's what strikes me about boxy is you know you run the cxe and it installs on your computer and uh, of course you have to know how to hook all of that stuff up to your television depending on what you have but uh then it just works and that's one of those beautiful softwares that 
you just start it up and and it's real very intuitive and uh, you know all that stuff just plugs in really nicely and uh really opens up your options that's sort of the promise of technology right just works yeah um you see that in lots of media lots of uh, press about uh, different products it just works uh my experience with boxy is it mostly just works right but when it works it is really good and and for something that is a pre-release beta i'm willing to cut it a lot of slack um just to talk a little bit about my particular setup sean will have a different setup he'll talk about um i've been pursuing this uh this concept for a while um uh, thinking about how to build in my case the perfect media center pc and i you know i looked at uh, buying some really high-end hardware with uh maybe you know media um uh, capture devices so it can become like a dvr um there's a great project out there called the myth tv setup that does that but i get my television from satellite so there's really no way that's going to work for me i've got to have the satellite box uh, people out there with cable or just pulling things down off the air, you can get a, a video capture card and you can actually make that. But it's not really appropriate for me because uh, I'm a satellite customer, so I still have to have that box. I can't get rid of that box. I still have my DVR from uh, Dish Network. So as I was uh, going through these ideas, uh, one day I happened to be in Best Buy uh, looking for something else entirely, and I saw this little white parallelogram sitting on uh the counter and it was called the acer aspire revo net top all right so this is this is a netbook in a desktop format so um that doesn't really do it justice i think it's uh, because just the form factor alone is very cool yeah uh any of you we have a Wii that uh santa brought our kids for christmas um Mom and Dad didn't buy it. Santa did. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so any of you out there who have a Wii, yeah, you know it's a, it's a very small device. My net top, the Acer computer, is smaller than my Wii. Mm-hmm. All right, So it's a little tiny black and white box that sits behind my television. Um, and it's got an HDMI out. It's got uh, an um, um, Ethernet connector. And that's pretty much all I need. It's got a um, USB port. It's got a bunch of USB ports on it. And I've plugged in a 500-gig external hard drive, though it comes with a 160-gig drive, which will hold quite a lot of media. Yeah. But I went ahead and bought uh, a 500-gig external drive and plugged it in and began the process of ripping my movies and putting them on there. <laughs> and uh, let's go ahead and diverge a little bit and talk about right, that. Right. That was quite a project. Uh, uh, so... Um, Let's talk about how how to rip a movie um, in, in our experience, and we've had a lot of experience with that. Uh, I've gone through my entire collection, which turned out to be about 132 or so uh, different uh, movies, and then we started on Sean's, and his was considerably smaller. But between right. the two of us, we ripped a lot of movies. Yeah, a couple hundred um, recently, and and we have come up with a set of tools that seem to be the most effective way to do it. So on my at home on my uh, laptop, I run uh, Ubuntu Linux, and uh, I, the software that I use there is called Handbrake. Uh, Handbrake uh, is, I believe, a French website. Uh, I mean, a French product. Uh, I'm pretty sure their URL is handbrake.fr. Let me look that up really quickly. This is bad 
production. I should have had this. I should have known that. Yes. Handbrake, H-A-N-D-B-R-A-K-E dot F-R. Maybe we should throw out that we we running uh, Sands uh, show notes this week. <laughs> well, it's, it's a point five episode. We are right. making this up as we go. Absolutely. Uh, and so, on a Linux machine, if you have a particular library called the Live DVD CSS library, which you get if you have installed the VLC media player. Or if you've installed the Boxy software, which includes the VLC media player. So there's lots of ways in which you might already have that on your uh, computer. If you do that, it will um, allow you to rip movies straight off the DVD. Uh, You don't have to do any sort of breaking or or de-encrypting or anything first. You just pop it in there. You tell it, uh, I want... Uh, you know, track number one, if it's multiple movies on there, it breaks it all out for you. You tell it, I want the 5.1 uh, surround sound channel or the Dolby uh, th- digital whatever audio you want. You say you want it to be an MP4, and you go. And uh, our experience is, um, depending on your hardware, it's roughly a one-to-one process. A two-hour movie takes roughly two hours to rip. Right. Um, and we're going to talk about two different methods to do it, and that seems to be true uh, on both of them. It just it's it's so if you're if you put it in and it's taking a long time, that's okay. That's kind of normal. So um, so then what I do uh, with Handbrake is I, I, I just put it in, rip it. I like the MP4 format. It's a it's a small format. Um, movies typically run one to two gigs usually around the 1.2 to 1.6 range. So my 130 so or so movies took up uh, about 150 or so gigs of space on my hard drive. So just to give you an idea of what to expect. Now, I already had uh, a fairly extensive music collection. All my CDs, several thousand of those, ripped on another machine. And rather than... Um, moving all those over i simply pointed boxy at that over my network and there it showed up and so i've got my and my pictures that were already on one computer uh i just pointed them across the network and and it's all there integrated into a neat system now on the windows side handbrake will convert a, a dvd but won't break the encryption on it right so let's pause here for just a moment We are talking about DVDs you own and have legally purchased. And are not going to distribute to anybody. (laughs) And want to make a legal under United States Copyright Fair Use Act uh, copy. You are allowed to make your own backup copies of your own movies. You don't give them to anybody else. They're yours. You're allowed to convert them to different media. All right. Having said that, we're not talking about going to Blockbuster and running around and, and breaking it. So... Assuming you're doing this all perfectly legally, uh, on a Windows machine, Handbrake can't just break the the movie. You have to use something else. And we did a lot of experimentation, um, uh, used a lot of different things, and the one that we found that was the most successful was called DVD Fab. Right. And DVD Fab is, um, if you pay for all its functionality, which is considerable, uh, it can do a lot, it's a fairly expensive piece of software. But... After your initial trial period, most of those features go away, but the one that you keep, the one that's most important, is the ability to rip a movie off of your um, uh, DVD and make an exact copy of that on your hard drive. So for all intents and purposes, you're simply moving your DVD onto your hard drive. 
uh, uh, DVD Fab also theoretically works with Blu-ray. Uh, neither of us own any Blu-ray, so we didn't get a chance to test that. Yeah, not, not quite sure. Uh, so, But they say it does. So once you've done that, it'll create a folder with the name of the movie on it, Cinderella or, or whatever. Then you point handbrake at that just like you would your DVD, and, and go, you go that way. So on my Linux machine... Ripping from the hard drive, directly from the DVD to an MP3 is roughly a one-to-one process, pretty much two hours for a two-hour movie. The combined process of ripping with DVD fab and converting with handbrake on a Windows machine, roughly the same amount of time. Should point out, too, that you can queue those up. So you do the breaking of the encryption first on, let's say, 20 movies in DVD fab, and then you've got, like you said, those files with the with the uh, movies inside of them, and then you can queue those up inside of uh, Handbrake and just let it go. Right, and go to bed. Right. And that's, that's a great thing to be able to do. Um, just a, a word about that. It's, uh, it really is largely a background process. You can continue using your computer while you do things. Um, yeah. it's, it's pretty painless, but there is time involved in moving things over. Now, having said all of that, once you take all your movies and put them in um, to Boxy, my experience was about 85% of them just worked. It's based on uh, the name of the file. So some movies, when you rip them, um, like I remember specifically Cinderella, the name of the movie Cinderella, the file that the that DVD Fab gave it when it ripped was like CNW11068. You know, there's no way that means anything. Yeah. But if you re- rename that Cinderella.mp4, drop it into Boxy, the first thing it does is goes out and starts scanning and indexing. And it goes out and it, and it checks with the Internet Movie Database and says, do you know of any movies called Cinderella? And it finds the most likely thing, and boom, instantly you have um, the album art, the cover art from the DVD. You have the uh, a star rating based on the ratings of, of uh, uh, from IMDb. You have an abstract of, you know, a synopsis of it. And it's all right there, alphabetized and, and really pretty in your library. And so I would, you know, dump... 20 or 30 movies at one time on there and it would just go to town and they'd all just appear and that's a very cool thing to just be able to thumb through there in a very itunes like environment yeah let's let's talk about one of the exceptions though because there was a pretty funny one (laughs) well there are a couple of exceptions but one of them in particular um was uh the, the one of my kids movies called felicity an american tale something like that it's about a little girl and her horse. Uh, frankly, I haven't watched the movie. I don't want to watch the movie. It's for my seven-year-old. It's not for me. However, apparently a more popular hit on the Internet Movie Database <laughs> was a porno <laughs> titled Felicity. So the album art that came up was of this this girl in pigtails seductively sucking on a candy bar of some sort. Now, it wasn't overtly pornographic, but it was certainly more adult than the movie that uh, was actually there. So when that happens, you, you can go to the movie and you, you click on it, and one of the options is wrong video. So you click the wrong video button and you go in there and you make it search again. And then it comes up and says, oh, Felicity, an American tale. You click that one, and then you get the right one. Um, Another one was the recent movie with Sandra Bullock, The Blind Side. 
the movie it came up with was some uh, avant-garde cons film festival gay thing. Um, <laughs> not really sure what that was all about, but I just went in there and said, "No, that's the wrong one," um, and uh, and and it fixed it. Now, so far, there has only been one movie that it flat couldn't recognize, and that was an NFL Films uh, DVD. Okay. So something that wouldn't really be there. It's uh, I happen to be a huge fan of Brett Favre. Um, who I think is retired, unretired, and now retired again this week. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. so this movie is it's a it's an NFL Films retrospective on the career of Brett Favre, and it couldn't find that. All right, I'm willing to forgive that. Sure, sure. A downside though is there's no manual way to create an entry, so this is just a file sitting in the unrecognized movies folder. It doesn't show up with all my others. I just have to know it's there. That's a little annoying, but again, it's a pre-release beta uh, piece of software. Yeah, I would think that over time that that functionality and the more obscure stuff is going to, you know, grow into the database. Uh, and then, Sean, I, I don't have a Netflix uh, account. Uh, after having talked to Sean, I probably am going to get one. Uh, so, uh, Sean, talk a little bit about the, the Netflix integration and how that works. Well, it's really neat. I guess, for, uh, you know, first I would say, you know, I went around uh, setting up my system a little bit differently than you did. Um I had an existing home computer, desktop computer, that I really don't use just because of where it's located more than anything, and wanted to go ahead and turn this into my my uh, media center, and I think a lot of people out there might have a similar machine at home that they could repurpose for that. And uh, So literally, for me, it was a matter of going out and buying the cable, and I had HDMI out on the computer, and uh, oh, what is the other, DVI in on, on the TV, and... Uh, my TV is several years old. It's a rear projection, but a HD-ready TV. So uh, had to get the cable, had to get the conversion on the other end of the cable so that I could plug it in, the HDMI, into the DVI on the TV. And I was ready to go. There was one other little setting I had to kind of obscure setting on the TV I had to find so that it could take that input how do you get audio on your television is it like a headphone jack out right it is and that's the problem because uh, hdmi will carry the audio but the dvi won't so when it converts to the dvi uh, i had to run a separate audio out of my audio out on the computer and then i've just got the regular you know the rca the red white rca into the tv and that works fine um, of course, my connections are set up a little differently. So that DVI connector had right next to it uh, red and white audio input jacks that were specifically meant to pair to that DVI. So uh, so it was really simple for me. It was so a matter you just of got cables. A, like a quarter-inch headphone out right. at the computer and then an RCA jack on the other end of it. Right. right. Converted That's that it. to just regular old red and white RCA. And a standard cable you can find at Walmart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the cable's total. I mean, the HDMI is a little bit uh, pricey. Um, and then the converter it wasn't too bad. But I'm going to say I maybe spent... $45 total on cabling uh, to hook that up. And uh, and that was it. I was ready to go. And that's why, uh, you know, I'm excited about Boxy because once I had that hooked up, I installed Boxy and it instantly gave me all this extra programming. Now, you know, you're talking about all the more detailed, you know, you can really get in and personalize it. But literally, if you just, if you hook it, hook up your computer to the TV with some cables and install Boxy, it instantly gives you more programming than what you have i don't care what you have right now in your setup this will give you more so let's say you're a road warrior and you travel a lot 
if you're in a hotel and your laptop has an uh, an HDMI out on it and the hotel television, as most of them do, have an HDMI in, you put Boxy on your laptop and you carry your media with you everywhere you go. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so any media that's on your laptop, and given if you have an internet connection, if it's a good enough connection, then you can you know stream stuff. And this is where it gets back to Netflix because uh, one, I'll say Netflix has a uh, maybe maybe we should hook up a sponsorship with. <laughs> I know they have uh, uh, where you know uh, a lot of the shows on on Boxy uh, are sponsored by Netflix. And that would be selling out to the man. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, but really, uh, Netflix is great because, it, one, you sign up, and you've got to give them your credit card info. And I know some people don't like to do that, but uh, but you do that, you get a two-week two free pass on, on their, uh, their streaming movies. And that also, I mean, that opens you up not only to the, the online stuff, but you still get the, you know, where you can send DVDs back and forth. And uh, so for, I think it was eight ninety nine a month... Um, I'm, I can have two DVDs checked out at any one time, but I'm also open to their entire streaming library. And it's fairly extensive. Now, it's not the new releases, and that's, I guess, a little bit disappointing. I was hoping that it'd have all of their new release stuff, too. But when you look at the amount of movies that are out there, and there's some really great ones, there's great classics out there uh, that you probably might not pony up the money to buy, but you sure would love to have access to it whenever you wanted to. And uh, so I can go through there and just, uh, I don't know, there, the other night I saw One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and I just I hadn't seen that movie in forever. And within just a couple of clicks, here it is streaming to my TV. Now, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is also a Blockbuster Online app for the Boxy, isn't there? I was looking for that because actually we, uh, my wife and I do have a Blockbuster subscription. And so I can go to Blockbuster's site and stream their movies. But uh, I'm, I'm still looking for it. I didn't see it okay, in, in so Boxy. maybe I'm wrong on that. Right. Although I wouldn't be surprised if it's coming. I mean, again, we said this is beta. So, right. uh, you know, it's amazing to see what's there right now. Now, you interact with your computer via keyboard and mouse, right? Yeah, mostly mouse. And that's a good point. You know, uh, Boxy... For the most part, I can navigate all the way through it with either left clicks or right clicks, and uh, that was another thing I had to buy. I had to I had to get a Bluetooth mouse that could give me the extra range. So uh, my computer's in my entertainment center, and I have a little uh, you know it's the USB key that goes into my computer, and it's a Bluetooth mouse, and it gives me about uh, thirty feet of range, which is plenty for anywhere inside the uh, living room, and that's that's how I navigate through Boxy. But it's a piece of cake. Now, I know you have a remote or have a remote on order? No, I purchased a remote um, from Amazon.com. Um, if, you, if you go in there and just do a search for uh, PC remote, uh, you'll find – I don't have it in front of me. I was, I was going to see if I could find it, but I don't have it. Uh, you'll find a, a dirt cheap – actually, you'll find some really expensive PC remotes, um, but the one I bought was just a dirt cheap uh, remote. And actually, I didn't even care about the remote because I have a, a, a Harmony Universal remote that I run with my entertainment system. So what this thing comes with, and here's the cool thing, it has a USB infrared sensor. So I plugged that thing in um, to the, the Aspire uh, Revo computer, set the infrared sensor up on top of the television next to the Wii sensor that was already there, um, and then programmed my, my Harmony remote 
with this this box and uh, and now I have all the full settings you know I have uh, fast forward rewind play all that sort of stuff using this now here's the kicker it cost me five dollars and fifty cents yeah that killed me when I heard that because yeah. I think I you know I didn't spend a lot on that that Bluetooth mouse I, I want to say maybe 25 bucks but uh, it's not five dollars you know <laughs> <laughs> so okay I have it right here um, yeah, if yeah, on Amazon.com, if you uh, just type in wireless USB PC remote, uh, this one is, uh, <laughs> the manufacturer is generic. <laughs> that's yeah, that's what it says. Uh, what do you want to bet it comes out of China? Yeah. Uh, $5.47 in stock right now as of the date of this uh, publication, uh, podcast on Amazon.com. Now, what I did, I took... Wait, wait, I, just, I just got to say, you know, you... you uh, you should be commended. You're keeping some eight-year-old employed in China. <laughs> Sweatshops in China can thank me for this. Right, yeah. right. Uh, so what I did was I took um, the remote and handed it immediately to my 18-month-old child because she's always stealing mine. Now she has her own. I don't care about the remote. Yeah. All I wanted was that little USB uh, sensor, which was completely driverless. Uh, the machine just saw it as uh, a mouse. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, no nothing. I didn't have to do anything. $5.47. Shipping was $3.47. So yeah. for less than 10 bucks, yeah. uh, I got this. And, in fact, if you... Uh, go onto their site it'll say things frequently bought with this and the aspire revo ar1600 is one of the things so oh there you go other people are doing what i'm doing right now and and that's 100 uh, 200 bucks uh, i got mine at best buy it's on amazon 199 either of those places it's a great little box and um so anyway i i kind of got off my train of thought earlier i've been looking at, at, at ways to do this and they all centered around a high-powered pc because i thought i needed a high-powered PC to do all this. Yeah, yeah that's what you kind of naturally jump right. to when you think about doing video. And so I thought I'd give this little guy a try just to see what happened. And here's the key about this device, uh, is it has the new NVIDIA Ion chipset uh, for video. Uh, the uh, It's a, it's a chipset created specifically for uh, netbooks that has hardware acceleration built in. So the that tiny little Atom processor doesn't have to do a lot of the work. All the video processing is done on this NVIDIA ION chipset. Uh, so you can actually do some limited like 3D gaming on this thing. Um, but the, the real thing is it does full screen 720p. It, it kind of chokes on 1080p. I tried that. Okay. Uh, but 720p is still pretty darn good. Right. does full screen, high quality um, 720p, high def uh, video with the uh, 5.1 channel surround sound all coming out of that one HDMI thing flawlessly for 200 bucks. Right. Now, um, in order to get... Um, Hulu and uh, YouTube, and there we haven't even mentioned that. There's a YouTube plug-in for Boxy, yeah, where you don't have to pull up your browser. You can just search YouTube and everything right right there in the Boxy app. Um, uh, in order to get that to work, um, you need a version of Flash that handles the hardware acceleration uh, of the Ion chipset. The current versions of Flash do not. So, well, and that should be said, that's for your setup. Right. I, I didn't deal with that problem. Right. For, for my system, where, where hardware acceleration is, is required. Um, 
So I had to go find the beta, and it's, it wasn't hard to find. You, you go to the Adobe's website, and you go to their beta section, and the upcoming release of Flash 10.1 will have hardware acceleration built in. So I just had to go get that, and F- Flash and, and YouTube and all that stuff works flawlessly. So if you if you decide to go with the little box like I did, and you find that, that Flash is really laggy, but your MP4 videos are great, that's probably what it is. Your version of Flash is still doing all the processing in the processor instead of recognizing the hardware acceleration. Which on that machine, Atom processor right. is going to struggle. Right. But if you get... A, a bigger box or do like Sean's doing and run your you know your home PC or your laptop or whatever you know geeks who listen to this show might just have an extra laptop laying around that's that's kind of the way we do things right um, so if that's the case that's not going to be an issue but what, let me tell you why I like this little net top so much it is low heat and almost entirely quiet uh, I mean there are there are some fan sounds but the little buzzing that an LCD TV makes on its own is louder than the fans on this. Yeah, computer. yeah, because, again, you're the audiophile. You hear right. the slightest little things, and it amazes me. Uh, but I know when I saw it, it, it blew me away. I thought it was uh, totally silent. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I have an Xbox 360, and I have tried this with the Xbox 360, and that was sort of the promise that Microsoft gave us with this, is this would be your media center device. Uh, it plays DVD, DVDs, plays HD DVDs, and, and, and it's just a great device, but it is loud and and hot. It runs hot, and you know, we uh, anybody with an Xbox 360 knows about the Red Ring of Death, and that's all about running hot. Um, because it's way overpowered, to do the really simple job of handing out video. And what got me uh, to thinking about this whole process is the dumbest computer I own is my DVD player. Right. If you think about it, that is a really simple, hardware-accelerated, stupid computer that does one thing and does it really well, plays DVDs. Well, I thought, well, let me go see if I can buy a stupid computer and and see if it works. And it worked perfectly. Mine came with Windows XP on it. Uh, Boxy will run on Linux. As I mentioned earlier, on my laptop, I run run Linux on it. It runs on Mac. So it's a cross-platform thing out there for whatever you've got. But if you don't have anything and you want to purchase something specifically for this, I highly recommend the Aspire Evo AR1600. It's dirt cheap and works perfectly. Right. You're not going to do better than $200, I don't think. And uh, Yeah, I paid 250 for my Wii, you know, and right. we, just, we, we wave that until our arms get tired and we don't play it again for a month. Yeah. You know? Well, and uh, mine, and it's interesting, you, you mentioned the, the how quiet that box is because uh, that is the one issue that I'm still uh, dealing with and I have yet to resolve, but, uh, you know, my computer being in my entertainment center now is not liking that that uh, positioning and i've already had to take the side off of it because i can hear the fan is working overtime uh just based on what it's trying what it's having to do and and where i've had to put it uh so that's my next move is probably put a beefier and quieter fan on my computer and then i think i'll be good to go um i really like the fact that it in my instance it's it is that computer because that computer is actually now getting more use um if i want to do something else uh on my 60 inch 
TV, uh, I can if I want to. Uh, you know, I like to play some uh, some uh, poker stars, uh, and I can do that on my 60 inch TV now. And uh, or if I want to, uh, you know, I like to uh, dabble in programming, and now I get to do that on a humongous screen. And uh, so, you know, I don't know. That's novel, I guess, but it it, it does. Uh, it's expanded the use of that computer de- definitely. Now, we've raved about what Boxy does. Let's be honest about what it doesn't. Okay, it is it is um, like I said, pre-release beta, and it's got some problems. One of the ones that Sean and I have both experienced is that when left idle, um, like in the case of my uh, little Aspire TV uh, box that sits behind the TV, you know, when we're not watching, it just sits there. Yeah. Um, when left idle, Boxy forgets a few things and one of the things it tends to forget is how to make sounds yes and i don't i don't know what's up with that and i'm sure it's going to be fixed later on but if you leave the tv uh, or the boxy software running and don't do anything with it for an extended period of time it just forgets where your sound card is and you come back next time and you start playing a movie and you get a little message that it couldn't initialize the audio player the way to fix that is simple you close boxy and it restarts, or, or close boxy and restart it, right. and then it and then it comes back. So what I did is Here's, wrote <laughs> warning high geek content. <laughs> I'll make it simple. I wrote a little uh, uh, program that runs runs at startup, and it has three commands. Uh, well, actually, just two commands. Uh, command number one: run boxy.exe. Command number two: go to command number one. Right. All right, and so that's it. So uh, instead of having Boxy in the startup menu, I have this little batch file that I wrote. Yeah, or or if Boxy exe not running, then run Boxy. EXE no, no, it's not like even that. that. No, it literally is a go to. That's okay. it. And so um, I it loads up. It runs Boxy. If Boxy forgets where my audio is. I've done it. My wife knows how to do it. I've trained my my little kids how to do it. They go to the exit thing. They click exit. Boxy closes. My program loads it right back up immediately, and then we're back in track. Now, if you're using Boxy continuously, that doesn't seem to happen. Right. So if you're the kind of person who wants to pump background music through your house all day long, um, it seems like it'll work just fine. But it's only when it's idle. Yeah, and uh, there's another great example because uh, we were playing with this. You know, uh, it's got a Pandora app. Uh, and I say app again, I really, it's plugins is really the best way to describe it. So you go and you can enable the Pandora plugin, and uh, we were playing with that. and it, So it was really nice. Yeah, you, you, it's got a ton of functionality right. built in. Now, the media player side of it for audio is kind of weak. Um, uh, like I said, I fed it all my um, MP3s, and it went out and indexed them and pulled the cover art and, and did all this. We've come to expect that. Yeah. iTunes and, and, and even Windows Media Player and things, we've come to expect that behavior. Um, it's limited in its ability to create playlists. You can import them. You can create them on your computer and import them. But you can't really create a playlist on Boxy. Um, and you can't select like your whole music um, library and say shuffle it only plays one album at a time yeah so you pull up your james taylor album and it'll play that album and it'll shuffle through it but it won't shuffle through all your james taylor albums or it won't shuffle through all your stuff it'll just shuffle through one album at a time 
I'd be willing to bet, though, that's that's a temporary situation. Yeah, I, I, I certainly mean, hope they're working on that because that's a pretty serious shortcoming in the audio part of it. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, the boxy folks have really been focused more on the video part. Yeah, and you know, but that does bring up uh, a great point, and I think if you ha- if you're out there and you haven't really thought about this, you need to start thinking about it. Is that uh, the time is coming when all of our media will be combined in in the household, and we're going to have that central repository to go to, and then if, of course at that point you'll be running some sort of home network, right? So I can listen to some media in one bedroom and my daughter can listen to some in another or watch a movie. And we're all drawing all of this from the same location. And uh, so this is a great entry point for that. Obviously, the geeks are going to – this is going to be a piece of cake for um, uh, the non-geeks out there, the really non-technical people. uh, They need to – I mean, if you can figure out how to hook a computer up to a TV and uh, and install any basic application, uh, this is the way to go. Because uh, this literally is uh, one of those programs that uh, any average person is going to be able to set up and use. Now let's talk about a device that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> the Boxy Box. All right, And this, uh, as I understand it, is this company's... Uh, monetization. It's what they're how they're going to make all this thing work and how to make it worthwhile. And their website again at boxee.tv. All they say is coming 2010. Right. That's all they tell you. Well, we're almost halfway through 2010. Uh, I'm betting they're going to release it. Betting. That was my my Texas. Betting. Betting. <laughs> you know, I go through all this trouble to speak properly, and betting comes out. Anyway, I'm betting that uh, um, they're going to come out with this. Um, in October, uh, sometime in time for the Christmas buying season. Yeah, that'd be a good move. Uh, and the boxy box, um, all I can tell you is what's on the website. But there's a cool little picture on the website, and it's a little cube, um, and it has stereo out, it has HDMI out, it has um, uh, Ethernet, it has Wi-Fi, and it has USB ports. Essentially, everything my little Aspire does. And my guess is it's probably the same kind of processor. It's probably an Atom processor with a hardware-accelerated um, video. I don't know that. They don't. It doesn't say that on here. Um, but <clears throat> here's the coolest innovation of it. There are times when you need to enter text. And uh, Boxy has a little on-screen keyboard. Like, uh, like if, you've got, if you're a satellite user, you're used to doing this for programming your VCR or your DVR, I mean. And you, you, know, you mouse around to the right thing or in your remote, and then you click the middle button, and you move over, and then you click the middle button, and you spell out whatever you want to do. Or like I do in Boxy, I use the uh, Microsoft's on-screen keyboard right. to, to do that stuff because I don't have the Bluetooth keyboard that it will reach. So I, I've got a wireless keyboard that I can get up and go over to the thing <laughs> and type it in if I really wanted to, but I don't want to do that. So I just always keep the Microsoft uh, uh, on-screen keyboard up to do that. It's minimal that you have to do that. That's funny. Well, their remote has a full QWERTY keyboard on the back. Of the boxy, yeah, you're telling me about that. No, you that's just flip it cool. over. That's that's pretty cool. So, when you get to those points when you need to type in something, you just flip the remote over, and there's your keyboard. And we're all used to thumb typing at this point, right? Um, with our iPhones and Android and BlackBerry devices, we we all know how to do that. So, I think that's going to be pretty cool when it when it comes to be, and and I may buy one for the back bedroom, you know, um, where I've got another. 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, an, I'm a media geek. I've got another flat panel TV and another surround sound system. Um, and so the, the neat thing about that is I, I can have one boxy library and I can have the other boxy device pointing at that library and share all my media. I don't have to go rip all those movies again or I don't have to transfer them all around. Right. Well, I did much like you did. Uh, I, I Well... I didn't go out and buy this just for this purpose, but I already had a 500 gig external hard drive uh, for storage. So uh, that's where I'm putting everything. And uh, again, you set it up on a home network, and you just every point everything at that. Yeah. Now, okay. Let's take the tightwad angle on this here. Yeah. Um, the Aspire Evo net top cost me two hundred dollars. The remote cost me ten dollars after shipping and everything. Right. The HDMI cable, maybe another twenty. I don't. I don't remember. It wasn't much. Depends how far. That that, yeah. that varies quite a bit by how far you need to run it. Right. But six, eight, ten. I think uh, mine was a twelve foot cable for like thirty dollars. Yeah. I think. So you know, we'll say we're up to two fifty at this point. All right? right. And then I bought an external hard drive for like eighty bucks. So for three hundred and twenty dollars, I have a seriously kicking home theater system. Right. If that's not tight, what I don't know what is. Well, and I even went tighter, right? Because I use an existing computer, and I think I spent a total of one hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, but what uh, my expenses were uh, was the cabling again, and then uh, <laughs> maybe we should call this a lazy tech too. But I didn't have I didn't have any Ethernet at at my where my TV and my entertainment center was so rather than have to run a cable i bought uh oh i don't know it was $40 or whatever for a uh uh you know a wireless usb uh adapter for my computer it didn't my computer didn't already have wireless so you know i spent 40 bucks i've got this wireless and adapter now for my thing and uh, so that was an extra expense but yeah i did it with existing stuff for under 150 yeah. Now you add to that your ten dollar or less a month Netflix account, plus all the stuff that's just available out there already uh, with your Hulu and, and NBC and, and uh, ABC and all these guys. And, and Boxy's aware of all these things. So if your show isn't available on Hulu, but uh, um, uh, like like Fox offers it on their website, Boxy keeps up with that. And you just type in the name of the show, and it goes and gets it. Right. That's the amazing thing. If you like CSI Miami, you go to the television and you type in CSI Miami and it just knows where that is. You know, it's amazing. I know they, you know, they've got some sort of database or whatever that's keeping track of where those things are actually located. But now if it weren't, if it weren't for football, I wouldn't have Dish Network anymore, to be honest with you, because this everything I want to watch, I can get now it's delayed. I don't get to watch it live because most of those places only put the shows up the next day or the day after. But if I'm watching Heroes, you know, uh, I can wait a couple of days. Now, yeah. you know, I, I would miss the American Idol finals next week that, that my wife and I like to watch. But, you know, maybe, um, maybe, and my wife and I are talking about this, we cut down to just like the basic bare minimum cable service right. that gives me... You know my 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 sports channels when when football season comes around because I'm not going to miss my Cowboys. Um, <laughs> but, but my point is, this device, this software, and others like it are changing the way people watch uh, consume media. Right. And um, the the media companies are still fighting it, but at some point they're going to have to realize that it's a losing battle. Well, let me just tell you, media company guys. 
the throngs that listen yes, to us. Yes, because they're all listening to this right. broadcast. Right. Uh, but you know, I'm going the I'm going the further extreme, right? I'm 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 ditching uh, Directv, and uh, Directv is a service I'm very happy with, but uh, I I just see this one. I see this as the wave of the future, so I'm going to be one of those cutting edge guys. But I've looked at the content that is available through Boxy, and I have more content that's interesting to me available through Boxy than I do through DirecTV. Yes, we will sacrifice a few things for that. And I think if you're the hardcore got to know the second that the American Idol vote comes in who won. Uh, then, that's what Twitter's for. Well, yeah. You, I mean, you, <laughs> right. You can say that. And I, there's a paradigm shift that probably needs to happen both on the user end and the media people. Right. They, they need to get on board with this because I think it's the way it's going to go. But. Well, uh, just say I mentioned football specifically. Major League Baseball has an app on the boxy. They get it. Right. You can watch Major League Baseball on the Boxy uh, software. Right. That's another one of those app slash plugins that's available. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at the way it stands now, and I think, gosh, this is just a beta. This is just a beginning. But you can see where it's going, and, and you pretty much, once you see it, you know that's where we're going to be. Uh, it might be five years, ten years down the road before it's totally mainstream. But, uh, you know, you don't have to do my hardcore conversion. You can do like you're going to do, and you know, somewhere in the middle. At the very least, you really open up your programming choices. There's a lot of great stuff out there. Even if you just are one of those, uh, I mean, and who isn't uh, one of those people that just loves to spend, you know, 10 or 15 or 30 minutes uh, perusing YouTube, you know, and now you can do this from the comfort of your lounge chair and uh, on, you know, the TV of your choice. Yeah. Once my seven year old realized she could watch peep in the wide world on YouTube uh, on the big TV and not on the computer, she was all over it. Oh, right. Yeah. I don't mind. I mean, you know, Gracie's uh, three and a half now and we were. Uh, giggling, you know how children just get so giggly at some cat in a box that's, you know, somebody's throwing little balls at it and it's acting like a goalie, and you know. But this is this is now our home entertainment, right? It's it's something that uh, now the whole family we're we're joining in, and we're not having to huddle around a computer monitor to do it. Now we're all sitting on the couch and and watching these things, and it's kind of it's neat to see. Now here's another cool thing that I think now uh, if you buy the boxy box, you can't do. This, but if you're doing a setup like Sean and I have, uh, I go spend a uh, hundred bucks on a really high quality Logitech webcam, plug into that box. Now, my uh, high Skype. def flat screen TV becomes a video conferencing device, right? And so, the grandparents and the in laws on Christmas morning are there with you, right? Yeah, in high def. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, mom, you might want to brush your teeth. I can see that there's you know spinach there. Um, but yeah, I think that yeah, what's going to happen. She says, "Son, can you close your robe for me?" <laughs> I think that's what, what's going to happen is these these big um, massive displays that we're buying now that that are the sort of standard. I mean, yeah, uh, a few years ago. If you wanted to buy a 32-inch television, you had to go through three levels of security, and a store employee had to escort you off-premises with it. Right. Today, at, at like a Best Buy or a Fies or something, they've got like 46 inches just stacked up. Take one as you go. You know, it's uh, uh, these these displays are getting bigger and they're getting uh, better, and 
this convergence is going to happen. The, the the idea of having a computer and a television is going to be antiquated in a few years. Right. Yeah, that, that's it. I mean, and we're seeing that, right? And that's kind of like that's why i like using the my computer slash boxy the way i am now is i i truly have melded those into one uh and so it's kind of neat it's it's neat to just jump over to firefox and browse the web on my on my television you know (laughs) it seems like overkill and maybe it is just a neat uh kind of idea right now uh but i i do think that's where we're going to end up it's either going to be you're doing it on your 45 50 60 inch uh flat panel or you're doing it on your phone your mobile device you know your your whatever or god forbid ipad uh (laughs) so uh uh, but you know i I think that's it and the idea like you said of a desktop pc is gonna kind of be quaint all right so there you have it for the uh non-technical Coming in July, uh, excuse me, coming in 2010, uh, the the boxy box from D-Link has all these things that we've talked about built into a box that you just plug in. They're going to have to rethink the colors. It's still like that lime green. It's mostly black with a little green. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, and for the technical user, the uh, Acer Aspire Revo nettop, highly recommended, or any computer you happen to have laying around will work. Right. The, the only challenge will be, uh, like I ran into, depend, you know, look at your, your output on your computer and what your input on your TV is. I mean, if you're trying to go from VGA to RCA inputs in, uh, or, you know, on the on TV, <laughs> you know. Well, a, lot of, a lot of modern television, almost all modern televisions have HDMI. A right. lot of them have the standard VGA, and, uh, and DVI is very common. So if you've got a TV yeah. that... Um, Let's say if it's a widescreen television, all right, if it's not still a square tube, then you probably have everything you need to hook one of these up already. Right, because, you know, mine is, what, roughly seven years old, and uh, it was right when HD was just becoming, you know, a a catchphrase. But it's rear projection, so it was before flat panels and LCDs and everything was, and, uh, but it still has DVI, so... Uh, yeah, if it's a m- fairly modern TV, I think you're going to be able to pull it off fairly easily. Right, and so, you know, everybody just had to do this digital TV conversion. So those old ones, you know, I'm sure there are a few people out there who who bought the set-top box, but I think most people took that as an opportunity to upgrade their television. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you probably are set up to do this. If not, um, draft any 11-year-old and take him to, to Radio Shack, and he'll hook you up with the conversions you need to do the job. Oh, yeah, and especially if it's your kid, they're motivated because they want you to do this anyway, so they're going to they're gonna figure it out for you. So I'll put together a blog post about all this uh, on our website at com, and I'll talk about Handbrake and DVD Fab, and I'll put a link to this Aspire computer and, and the Boxy software, and, and I'll, I'll sort of condense this conversation into a few clickable links but uh, if you have any interest in media uh, in a media center type device at all where where your uh, your pictures and your audio we, we just sort of glossed over the pictures but that's a that's a pretty darn cool thing around thanksgiving you know to take that big 60 inch tv and just have a slideshow running and boxy just does that you just point it at the directory where all your pictures are and it just runs a slideshow so you can right. have you know the year in review when you're having a christmas party with your family take all the pictures you took that year and just have them slide, uh, cycling through there it's that's that idea that you don't your stuff doesn't have to be trapped on your computer anymore 
your your audio, your video, your your stills can all be integrated into one device, displayed on the best display in your house, played on the best sound system in your house. Right, right, and accessible by the average person. I would say now, as far as the setup goes. Yeah. Um, if you can't do it, you know somebody who can. Right. Because it, it is really easy. And, you know, we work with those people that really do not know. They'll say they don't know anything about computers, and they're they're being literal. You know, they hardly know uh, how to turn the thing on. So if you're that person, yeah, then it's it might be a stretch because you have to know how to install some software on a computer. But, uh, you know, most people, I think, will be able to handle it fairly easily. All right, and I think we're going to wrap it up there. That's been our look at uh, Boxy uh, Media Center. Right. Uh, I do want to give a shout-out to uh, our explosion of listeners in the U.K. Mark, do you you remember uh, who it was? We had a a guy tweet about us, and uh, do you have his information available? Uh, I believe it was Paul McGovern. Does that sound right? Right. And was he in Northern Ireland? Northern Ireland. Right. Uh, So we were looking at our stats, and we had seen him tweet about us, and then all of a sudden we saw this, uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll call it an explosion. That's a heavy overuse of the word, but uh, I want to give a shout out to all those in the UK yeah. listening to us. Paul McGovern 29 is his Twitter handle, and he made us famous uh, across the pond. Uh, we were looking at our Google Analytics today. We have four listeners in the UK. We rock. We're the Beatles. Right, right. Yeah, the explosion has happened. Uh, the <laughs> the invasion is coming. So, so thank you to our four <laughs> listeners abroad. Um, and uh, I guess just a, a, another tickler on on next week's show. I mean, uh, uh, I guess we can say. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and announce it. We're we're talking about fog. Right. Uh, it's a, a, an on, an open source um, imaging software similar to Ghost or or Alturas or something like that. And we're going to have um, please. Uh, I hope I don't mess up their names. Chuck Sipersky and Jean Zhang, the uh, the developers of Fog, are going to be joining us. So we're super excited about that. These uh, guys are rock stars in our world right right and uh again i'll have to apologize to the teachers out there because this show will be completely lost on you so this 0.5 episode probably will hold your interest better than that one uh but uh man if you're a geek uh yeah these guys are rock stars Uh, i know for me they their software has absolutely changed my daily life so we're very excited to have them on all right. So, uh, as always, uh, we welcome you to join us on our website at thetightwadtech.com. You can get to our Twitter feed and our Facebook uh, page from there. Uh, I think We, we don't st- spam. I, st- I think we still have about five fans on Facebook. So, come on, UK contingent. You can double us up there. We've got four people there. We've got five fans now. You could put us into double digits. Right, right. Maybe we'll be, we'll be like a David Hasselhoff. You know, nobody will really care about us in America. <laughs> we'll go overseas and they'll they'll just you know go go crazy yeah i see that happening yeah sure uh yeah (laughs) what's the what's the lady from uh, austin powers the the Uh, british lady i don't know i don't i hope she's one of those four anyway so (laughs) i think we'll be editing that out um So thank you for, uh, if you've stayed and stayed with us this long, you are a true hardcore listener. So thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week. Have a great week.